If you want 2024 to be your best running year, it is essential you have a customized training plan tailored to your race schedule and ability level. That's why I'm pumped to have Motive sponsoring the podcast. You can use the app for free, but if you want two months of premium access, you can use code SMARTER2. Sign up at mymotive.com. The link will be in the show notes. On today's episode, superior treatments for patellofemoral pain, a 2017 research paper. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. another paper today and as I've done a couple of these in the past and the feedback has been quite nice um, it didn't actually occur to me why don't I review my most favorite research paper of all time <laughs> so this one it's a it's a long title but the title is called the combination no is combining gait training or an exercise program with education better than education alone in treating runners with patellofemoral pain a randomized control trial and the leading author is our very own J.F. Schoolier, and they released it in 2017. So J.F. appeared on our podcast on episode 52. He was um, talking about, is there a right and wrong running shoe? So if you haven't listened to that, have a listen to episode 52. And yeah, so this is a really, really nice paper. Um, it's, like I said, it's one of my favorites. And I'll go through the design of the study. I think it's really well laid out. It's probably the simplest for someone to understand, which is one of the reasons why I decided to do this as a podcast episode. Uh, so they want to look at patellofemoral pain. They want to look at what is the best treatment. So what they need to do is gather a whole bunch of people that do have patellofemoral pain and fit similar baseline characteristics so they managed to get 69 runners with patellofemoral pain in this one study, which is quite high, quite a lot of people. And they had to be between the ages of 18 and 45. They needed to still be running, but report... Uh, um, so they needed to do at least 15Ks of running per week. So they're still running at quite oh, high-ish amounts. Um, the third inclusion criteria was they needed to have patellofemoral pain for at least three months. And so it's quite ongoing. And we know if it's, say, someone coming in with two weeks of patellofemoral pain, that might just get better on its own. But if they've had it for three months, we're kind of getting to along the stage of if we do an, an intervention and it gets better, it's most likely going to be the intervention rather than the body just naturally healing. 
The fourth thing that they considered was they had to experience a minimum pain of three out of 10 on the visual analog scale. Um, and that would be during running and during three tasks amongst stairs, kneeling, squatting, or resisted knee extension, which is just a resisted exercise. So it needed to be quite painful. And the score of a maximum um, 85 out of 100 when they do this questionnaire, this coos running, um, this knee kind of questionnaire. And so they need to have a quite a, for quite a long time. It needed to be pretty sore with a lot of movements um, before they were included into this uh, into this study. And so they would exclude people if they were to show if they their symptoms um, came on as a result of trauma. So rather than it just being an overuse injury, if they were tackled, if they fell, if they twisted their knee and developed this pain, they were excluded. Um, other symptoms that originated, say, with um, if there was meniscal injuries or patella tendon pain, if they had any other concurrent injuries, if they had a past history of kneecap dislocation or lower limb surgery, if they had any rheumatoid arthritis, neurological issues or degenerative diseases, they were excluded. Um, but with that inclusion-exclusion criteria, they managed to get 69 people. And all of these people would undergo five physiotherapy sessions uh, over the course of seven to eight weeks. And then they would have a, another follow-up, like three months follow-up. So they had like a 20-week kind of observation period. And they were randomly allocated into three different groups. And this is where we need to pay attention. So we've got these 69 people with knee pain that want help. And so let's allocate them into three different treatment groups. The first one was going to be education group and the and this is purely education about the condition and about their training loads and about how to manage their symptoms. So we call that the education group. The second group, you aren't a template, so your training shouldn't be either. The Motive app takes training plans written by the best coaches in the world, then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. It's such a good idea, which is why it is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world and has thousands of age group athletes signing up every month with a near perfect 4.9 star rating. It will even plan triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, and other events if you're branching away from running races. You can use the app for free for as long as you want, with the premium access being just $19.99 per month. But if you use code SMARTER2, you can get two months of full premium access. Sign up through their website, mymotive.com, and make 2024 your best year yet. Received the same education in exact same way, except they have an additional treatment by giving them exercises. Now, within this particular study, they didn't exactly say what the exercises were, but I could imagine they'd be in the ballpark of um, squats, lunges, just generic kind of loading the knee safely. Um, which is pretty standard practice when it comes to patellofemoral pain. And so that's the second group. And then we had the third group, which they also received the same education as all the other groups around activity modification and pain levels and those sort of things. Um, but in, they weren't given strength thing any, <laughs> they weren't given strengthening exercises. They were actually given gait retraining exercises. So they had a look, the physios would have a look at them running on a treadmill and make necessary adjustments to reduce the loads on the knee. And a lot of that 
required increasing their cadence. So increasing their cadence from um, 7.5 to 10% because we know if we do increase our cadence, it takes a lot of load off the knees. And so there are three treatment groups. We've got our education group, we've got our exercise group or strengthening group, and then we have our gait retraining group. And all those three groups receive the same education. And so let me go through that education a bit more detail now because this is really important. So number one, education on load management and instructed to self-modify their own running based on their symptoms. And so they were allowed to run, but they weren't allowed to exceed two out of 10 pain. So anything below a three out of 10 pain during running was acceptable. Um, They, as long as that pain returned to pre-training levels within 60 minutes of running or exercise um, and without symptoms the following morning. That might sound quite similar because I talk about this all the time on the podcast, these similar structures or this similar process of observing the pain over 24 hours. Um, Sometimes for particular issues, I might allow it to go a little bit higher than a two out of 10 pain, sometimes up to four, but the principles are still relatively the same. Uh, walk, run intervals were allowed. So people were allowed to break up their running with periods of walking. And this is an interesting one. They they chose to increase the frequency of the sessions. And so they could still keep the same weekly mileage. But if they were only running two or three times a week, they were encouraged to still keep the same weekly mileage, but disperse that over multiple days. So five days per week. And so it increased the frequency with the mileage staying the same. More education around speed work. So reduce the speeds, don't do a lot of interval work and avoid downhill running and stairs running um, in this particular period, in this particular um, treatment time. So what else do we have? Individuals, they were given... Um, an individualized weekly program. So the the physio would give them their running program with these instructions, which they could modify on their own, but just had something to follow um, depending on their symptoms. And the, the physio would also help modify that training program over this eight-week period if symptoms arose or if something came up. So they gradually were instructed to increase their distance according to symptoms. So if they go through week one, week two, and the symptoms stay relatively the same, how about increasing the mileage a little bit just to see how symptoms go? Um, before, So we'd increase the distance before we start adding in speed work and start adding in hills. They were the last things to be added. So that's what we talk about with the education, essentially just talk about load modifications, talking about pain levels, talking about observing symptoms over 24 hours, increasing the frequency of their runs, decreasing the amount of hills and stairs and speed work, and then just modifying accordingly. And what were the results? So all three programs, the education, exercise, and gait retraining were effective at improving symptoms and function in in runners with patellofemoral pain. And I have the table in front of me when it comes to all those pain levels, and they all did they all did really really well and the education group surprisingly did just as well as all the the other two groups and so um, what am i looking at here i'm looking at the 
visual analog scale of their um, their worst pain. So on average, their worst pain was around about a six, six and a half out of 10. And after the 20 week period, that was on average down to about two and a half. Their pain while running at the very start of this intervention, at the very start of the study was around about a five, five and a half out of 10. And by the end of this intervention, it was down to about a two. Um, just looking at the education group itself. So that was 5.3 at the start of this intervention, this pain while running. And by the end of it, it was at 2.4. We're looking at, let's go to the usual pain for this education group. So at the start, it was 2.8. And then by the end, it was down to 1.1. Uh, and that follows similar patterns to all the other groups. So they all get better at exactly the same. Let me rattle off a couple of quotes that they have in this, this study. So contrary to our secondary hypothesis, adding exercises or gait retraining did not provide additional benefits compared to education alone. And the gait retraining group did not exhibit faster improvements than other groups. Education has emerged as an important treatment component in individuals with patellofemoral pain. In runners, appropriate management of training loads may represent a key aspect in training errors, often which often contribute to symptom onset. So pretty surprising stuff. And it, it definitely vindicates a lot of the stuff that I do, which is probably why I love this paper so much, because it goes to show you how much making the right, the smart decisions along the way can help reduce the likelihood of getting patellofemoral pain. But once you have patellofemoral pain, education, training smart, following the right guidance, following the evidence just will help spontaneously heal these injuries. So um, yeah, there's a few things that I would add. Um, This isn't saying that gait retraining does nothing. It's not saying that Strengthening exercises does nothing, but it just shows the power of implementing a really nice load management program when it comes to symptoms and comes to recovery. If I saw someone who, and I got them on the treadmill and they had a really low cadence or they were overstriding quite a lot, that's when I would intervene and say, okay, let's um, modify their training because we know that making those decisions, making those changes in their running will significantly reduce the loads on their knee. So it would be something that could be implemented. However, most runners that you observe, they fall within a really nice cadence. They usually self-optimize and pick one. And I I very rarely tell someone to increase their cadence, but if based on the individual, if they were really low cadence, they were overstriding a lot. I would definitely correct that. Um, So this was a nice, sweet one. I do have a couple of key takeaways um, that I want you to to take as we sum this up. So number one, the importance of education around training modification. That's, I guess that's the overall summary of this episode. Um, Number two, the importance of maintaining, uh, of maintaining the attention to symptoms. So we're not trying to aim for pain-free running. We're trying to aim for settled stable symptoms while running. That's how we know that the what load you're putting through the body, that current injury is tolerating the levels of running that you're putting it through. Um, stress fractures and other exceptions to the rule may exist, but um, for the majority of symptoms, that's they're the sort of guidelines that we follow. 
writing down a program. This is the third one. Writing down a program and have something to follow does wonders. It's it's really powerful when it comes when you're returning back from an injury because uh, you won't be overreaching. You won't if you write it down. And you follow a plan. You sensibly go through that plan. You look at it, and the numbers make sense. That will stop you from overreaching. That will stop you from instead of going for a 20-minute run and as soon as you're out there, you're feeling really good and then you go for a 35-minute run just because you feel good, it's going to reduce the likelihood of that happening. It's going to reduce the likelihood of that symptom increase. And if symptoms do increase, then we know where your baseline is. We know where your current limits are because we can go back to the paper and say, okay, I followed this. This is where my symptoms start to exceed. Let me just repeat the previous week that I've done because I know I was fine with that. Uh, it just gives you another way to accurately interpret your current loads. Uh, the fourth point that I had, it's not essential to have fancy devices. Like when it comes to these sort of injuries, there's no magic cure. There's no like hands-on treatment, foam rollers, stretches, dry needling, taping. Um, all of this, all of those things I just mentioned might help your experience. They might help create a better experience for you to return back to running. And perhaps for an individual, it might help you get back faster, but it will depend on the individual. But you don't necessarily need this stuff. It's not the vital component of returning from injury. It's all about just following really nice management. And the last one that I have here, this fifth point of my key takeaways, is this advice can be applied to any number of running injuries. I'm thinking shin splints, I'm thinking hamstring strains, I'm thinking ankle injuries, I'm thinking most tendinopathies, um, hip issues. There's there's so many injuries, so many common running injuries where if you just follow this pattern and you um, replay back those education, the pieces of education, that's mainly what I do when I work with my runners. Um, I would add in like some tweak some advice based on the individual and based on their um, their injury and their individual circumstances. But the ethos, the general foundation is very, very similar. So that's it for today. It was a nice quick one, but I hope you enjoyed. Um, like I said, this is one of my favorite papers. And let me know, keep letting me know if you enjoyed this format. Uh, I do know a fair few health professionals listen to this. Uh, I will include this paper in the show notes if people want to be directed to that. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's I'll, I'll always pick a paper that is like I find really interesting, but will also help the generic runner. It's not going to be too highly scientific or too highly technical, but we can learn a lot from these. So I'll sign off now. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks once again for listening. To take full advantage of the knowledge you are building, you need to download the Run Smarter app. This contains all of my free access podcast episodes, written blogs, and eBooks, along with my paid video courses, all neatly housed into categories for you to easily navigate through and find content you're interested in. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for links to the podcast Facebook group and links to learn more about becoming a podcast patron who contribute five Aussie dollars per month to get inner circle VIP access, including an invitation into the exclusive patron Facebook group and a complete back catalog of patron only podcast episodes, which you can access within the app. Also on the app, you can even find a link that takes you to my online physio clinic 
where I assess and treat runners from all over the world so I can be on standby if you ever need one-on-one physiotherapy assistance. Once again, thank you for listening and becoming a Run Smarter Scholar. And remember, knowledge is power.